Welcome to the Autobahn Country Club Podcast, where your host, club member John Graybeal, opens the doors to America's premier auto sports club. Now, here's John. Well, welcome to the podcast. I'm John Graybeal, and we'll be your host again for our twice-monthly podcast. Today, we have an interview with Kevin Rogers. He's the GM for the Autobahn Country Club. He's been at that position for about 10 years. We get to find out a little bit about Kevin's background, his history, where he grew up, and how he ended up at the Audubon. It's pretty interesting. If you guys know Kevin, he is always smiling, always willing to help, and is a constant figure around the Audubon, and we are lucky to have him at the club. After the interview, we're going to talk a little bit with Terry Weber and talk about Noonauer Touring, exactly what that is, how to sign up for it, and why it's one of the things that I look forward to almost every time I come up to the club. This weekend was, this past weekend, was the first kart race, which was quite exciting. There were over 20 carts. The divisions are divided up between uh, size of motors and age groups. So we start off with kid carts. They're all Margay spec carts. Kid carts, which have a little Honda motor in them, then they go up into the junior category and senior category. Now, those carts all have the Briggs & Strat 206 engine. It's a, a pull-start engine that's bulletproof, sealed motor. As the carts change, they get bigger in size and different wheels. The race was a huge success. The, there were way more people than last year that had been racing. In addition to the spec class, there's also a open class, and anybody can bring any cart into that open class. The open classes don't require weights. There's no limiting on the design of the engine or the frame. Where the spec class, of course, it's uh, they're all the same. So though there's a certain amount of weight that you have to weigh at the end of each race. So there's a minimum weight for each of the categories. And it was a, it was a lot of fun. This coming weekend is the Ignite Challenge Weekend at the club. Ignite is the manufacturer of the go-kart. That is the spec model that we use at the club. And this weekend, they're going to have the Ignite Challenge, which travels around to various races throughout the year. They've already had two races. We do have one, at least one member that travels around in races this year, and that's Jordan Messick. And he won this weekend in the senior class at the club. He's very fast, and he's doing quite well in the Ignite series, the traveling series. So this weekend, the cart track will be closed both Saturday and Sunday. Saturday for setup, and then Saturday afternoon we'll be practicing. And then Sunday will be the races, and those races go from about 9 o'clock in the morning and until about 3 o'clock in the afternoon for the award ceremonies. So there's high-end, fast guys that come to this. We we enjoyed the race last year. When I think it was my son. He's 13. I think it was his second race, first or second race. We threw him into this large traveling group of uh, of racers. He'll be there again this, this year, and I'm sure some of the other club members will be racing also at the Ignite Challenge this weekend. Well, let's get started on the interview, and I'd like to welcome Kevin Rogers, General Manager of the Audubon Country Club to the Audubon Country Club podcast. 
Welcome to the podcast. Today I'm joined with Kevin Rogers. We're meeting here in uh, the clubhouse on a beautiful spring day. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Thank you. Uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where, where, where are you from? Originally from a little town north of Milwaukee called Cedarburg, Wisconsin. Spent the first 13 years of my life there and then moved down to the Naperville area uh, after that. So I've been in this area for quite a long time now. So you, your parents are from uh, my parents were originally from Youngstown, Ohio, but I was me and my younger sister were born in, in Wisconsin. I then got transferred there. Uh, what did so. your dad do? He was uh, he ended up working uh, with a company called Commercial Sharing and Stamping. They were a steel company, forging and stamping, based out of Youngstown, Ohio, when there used to be steel in Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, but he was then got into sales, uh, and then was a plant manager eventually. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, so... Most of, so in Naperville, mm-hmm. and then high school in Naperville? High school in Naperville, Naperville North High School. Mm-hmm. And then after high school? NIU, so I was a Husky for eight years straight, first at uh, <laughs> Naperville North, and then NIU, so a Husky <laughs> for eight years straight. <laughs> very, very cool, yeah. very cool. And then where did, where did where did you go after that? After that, I worked at a CPA firm for 10 years, so started off as a that. CPA. Oh. Yep. Worked at a public accounting firm, small firm. Ended up uh, being Sheffield, Haley, and Rogers by the time I left. But then I left there after 10 years and went to work at one of our clients. We specialized in auditing hospitality industry uh, clients. And so uh, went to work for one of my clients, uh, West Portland Country Club up in Wilmette. So do you – so on – April fourteenth, you still wake up in cold sweats. I do, I do. It's, it's a recurring, a recurring nightmare. I gotta get those taxes done. Exactly, I exactly. Just like those exams from college. You, know, you wake up, and you're like, "Oh, did I ever finish that?" <laughs> yep, um, it's never ending. So that's how you got in the hospitality, I guess, type of business. Yes. yes. Did you know about the uh, Audubon? When it- no, because uh, after I after I worked at Westmoreland, I went with the. the GM from Westmoreland moved on to uh, Medina Country Club, and I followed him there. And uh, after the PGA Championship in 2006, he left to go down to Atlanta. I stuck around uh, at Medina as the con- I was the controller at the time, and uh, filled in as the the uh, temporary GM while they were looking for a GM there. And uh, then got a call from the folks here at uh, Autobahn. I didn't even know the place existed. And I live right in Plainfield now, so which isn't that far, but didn't even know the place existed. And got a call from them to kind of help them out uh, working on, because they have the same software that we used at Medina. And it kind of went from there. Oh, wow. Kind of became a job interview. During the course <laughs> of my, my time, came out here on a Sunday just to try to help them out and maybe do a little consulting on the side or something. And kind of turned into a job interview. And, and I came on here in 2008, so it'll be 10 years this August, uh, uh, came on as the controller, and then eventually became the GM here. Wow. And are they still using the same software? Yes, Is they are. And you're still the expert the now. You know <laughs> and, then I brought, and then I brought my assistant controller from uh, Medina when I became general manager, so uh, he knows the software, too. So <laughs> it worked out well. That's when Jim came over. Yeah. And so you were um, living up in Naperville still? Or? Uh, Plainfield. So you were in Plainfield. Yep. Oh, so you didn't move desk down to Plainfield when you got the job here? No, no. I, yeah. I uh, lived, built a house in Plainfield back when I was at the CPA firm in Naperville. There. Did you have a car passion back then? Or? No, it, it's. I really didn't. Uh, I drive a Chevy Equinox, so I really still don't. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, no, it's just it was just another 
different, you know, challenge with different country club and, you know, with the real estate here, with the open to the public side of it, as well as the members, it's just, there's so many things, different things going on here. It really intrigued me. So that's why I came over here. A lot more going on here. So, um, so this is a no in 2008. So the club had been around for about four, four years, years. Yep. at that time. And the clubhouse we're in now, the main clubhouse, that was already, that was here. This was here. This. The only thing is this area back here where we were in the back was not even climate controlled when I first got here. So this we had no heating or air conditioning. We had heating, uh, we had heating uh, things on the side here in the corners, but we didn't have any air conditioning. So it got kind of sticky back here in the, in the summer. Uh, but everything was the same. The footprint was all the same here in, in the clubhouse. But all the buildings were in existence at that point except for the, uh, the ALS building. Down there, that was the only new one that came on since what, the ALS is the advanced life support okay. where the uh, where the safety guys are, the safety and trucks are. How many members were there back then? Back there, back then it was it was probably around two hundred and seventy five or two eighty possibly. And we're close to about three forty, you know, right three, now three three hundred forty. Yeah, yep. in twenty eighteen. Okay. Yep. yep. And so when you. I'm sorry. It was uh, we're at four thirty now. I'm sorry. It was it was probably around uh, it was probably around three three seventy five or so uh, back then. You know. So the, so. so back when you got here, there was around yeah three seventy three seventy five three seventy five, and then in twenty eighteen we got about four hundred thirty four hundred thirty right, members. Yeah. How many um, rough roughly how many members join each year? Uh, most years it's about an average of about twenty twenty five. All depends on the year. But I would say in the last five or six years, it's been averaging. The average is about 20 to 25. Do you find that most people join just in the spring? Is it year-round? Do some you know, people join it, right in the middle? It's kind of year-round. And, and back in 2016, we had a little, little foreshadowing of the fact that in 2017, we were going to have a dues increase in and and uh, I'm not sure a dues increase, but initiation fee increase, and the equity was going to go away. So we got a whole big concentration in December of 2016 just because of that, just because of internal changes we were going to be making. So that gave us about 10 or 12 new guys just in December of 2016. So all depends if there's certain things like that going on that, that move the needle on when people join. Okay. But then the problem with that was, I think a lot of those guys were guys who probably would have joined in 2017. So our 2017 numbers were down. But if you average the two years, you know, we're right back at that 20, you know, to 25 mark. So it just all depends on what the deals are, what's what's changing, you know, at the club as to when some people join. But before that, without any of those outside factors, high concentration comes on during season rather than in the off season, mm -hmm. especially like right at the beginning of the season. So. Psychologically, even though the, the membership's good for the you know the twelve months, the dues are good for the twelve months. People just want to do that at the beginning of the season, so they get the full season, you know, yeah. in their minds. So, um, so what was some of the first things you tackled when you first got here back in '06? Uh, getting getting the the systems ready because we've got the software that we had uh, at Medina, and then here is an enterprise wide software, and so it, it handles the registration up at the front. It handles the POS systems throughout the club for the food and beverage and retail. It also handles the accounting. And the POS the system is where you purchase just the purchase of everything. Yep. Keep track of all the yeah point of sale systems. Yep, uh, where you keep track of all the food and beverage uh, and the retail and what have you. So, and then it all goes all the way to the back end to the the back of the office within the accounting department. So it handles all the accounting as well. Uh, so there's been some things we've modified through the years. Uh, 
to like especially the check-in process and what have you with the members uh, that wasn't there when I first arrived. We didn't have that done electronically, but this system was so able when we to come through the it. gate, somebody's checking us in electronically. Yeah. So you know, you can find out who's here. Exactly. We've got, little, we've got oh, okay. a little thing that pops up that we can go to as members in-house that gives everybody who's, who's here that day. Uh, so that helps. It helps with the sales guys. So they know if members have a guest, you know, they can, they can go out and talk to them, you know, and oh, that's talk cool. to the guests. Yeah. They can hopefully get some new members out of the deal. And it helps with the guys, uh, the instructors, too, so that they know, you know, if somebody's out here that's a new member and maybe they want to engage them to, you know, try to help them along with their craft. Uh, instructors can go and talk to them and you know ask them if they want to take some lessons oh, or cool. something like that. So that helps everybody. Helps the gals back here to know who's here. Uh, so when they see them uh, at the bar, you know, placing their order. They can you know engage them, tell them, talk to them by name and what have you. You know, <laughs> helps them. <laughs> yeah, keep your because Yeah, with that many members and that many guests and everybody that comes here is quite. Yeah. Quite a bit. Yeah, it's not an easy task, especially for the new employees too that, that come on during the season. So. Yeah, so I've been, I've been a member here coming up on three years, I guess, and it's um, and it, it is a warm welcome every time every time we come out here. So I mean, everybody does seem to remember my name, and I'm part of the podcast. I guess is getting to know each and every person that works here, and the other members, and everybody that's involved, so that everybody can know more about each other. And that's a great place, I'll tell you that. I found that the car guys are are more welcoming, more <laughs> easier to get along with than, than in the golf world. <laughs> let's, let's just say uh, more down to earth. Uh, so it's 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 been a nice nice experience here at the Autobahn. So I a lot of, met a lot of nice people, members, employees as well. It's it's a great atmosphere. I mean, this is supposed to be the members' escape, you know. So hopefully, we're creating that that nice relaxed atmosphere for you and welcoming atmosphere. So as the general manager, you. you oversee everything oversee everything and still have my hands in the accounting as well i still do some of the accounting because uh jim you know is the controller here that i brought from medina but can't handle everything so i I still do uh some aspects of the accounting as well as just general business operation uh but yeah i'm responsible for everybody everybody you're a good you're a good answer man when when i have questions i try (laughs) uh so let's Take us through um, a new member. So uh, there are some guys here that uh, um, that go through the new members. We call them sales guys. Is that what they are? The sales, yep, team? sales and, team. And you have two. That's Mark, and then two two people under him. Yep. Okay, so Mark Basso, Mark Basso, Ron Dabish, and Jake Knack. And so those are, the, those are kind of the three guys that you kind of get introduced to for. Um, sales if you call if you were to call up here interested in the club one of those three would probably get back with you um to talk to you and if they're not available you're probably yes yep i get involved if if they're not available so um when a new member joins their first step so they've made a commitment and uh, let's talk a little bit about the commitment, I guess. So right now the initiation fee is forty thousand dollars. Forty thousand dollars and that that's a one-time initiation fee. Yes, and, and there is there's an equity component uh, in that twenty uh, percent equity component. So if you leave, uh, you get twenty percent of whatever the current initiation fee is at the time you leave. You get that back. So earlier said something about the, the equity was going. The equity. We did. We we took it away for a little bit there during two thousand seventeen, beginning of the year, and found that 
the market was reacting in an unfavorable way to that. So <laughs> as market so forces you, would have it, you know, you they, they okay. dictated, you know, what we did. And so we, we brought that back at 20% is how we handled that. So at, um, so a person joins in at, at, at 40, so 20% of that, so 8,000, 8, they, they would get $8,000 back. Okay. If it goes up to a hundred thousand yeah. dollars, eventually they're going to get $20,000. Correct. Of that yep. back. Yeah, they share in the upside. Yep. On that. So yeah, when we first get a new member, basically what happens is Terry, who's uh, in the office there with Jim and I and Karen, uh, Terry's got a lot of hats she wears, as a lot of people do here. She is HR, she is member relations, and uh, she also gets involved in the contracts here we do with uh, outside groups that rent the track or do driving programs. Uh, but Terry will be the first point of contact as a member relations person, and she will send you an email to the new members, you know welcoming them and, and inviting them to come out for an orientation. And that's where I come into play. I'll, I'll put on the new member orientations. I basically just tell them how to work their way through the Autobahn from the start up at the registration building, you know, all the way to back here and what can be used for forms of payment at the various things. Uh, tell them, you know, they have got the gas station on site, talk about the cafe, and just talk about all the amenities and things that we have here available at the club. And so that takes about you know, half an hour to about half an hour if it's a, like a one-on-one. -on -one. If it's a group, it might take longer because I always ask questions, uh, take questions at the end. Or, is that individually, or that's individually set up? Do you have a certain time, a new members meeting, or pretty much on an individual basis? On an individual basis, but like uh, this, we've had, uh, we have two off-season uh, things that go on here. We have the Track Car Expo in, in February, so I did a group of people, you know. That and that Track early. Car Expo is where, um, uh, different race shops that are on the field here they come in and they do a presentation show you the different cars that are uh, that you could buy or get built for you correct we, we kind of modified it. it's kind of gone through phases of how how the whole day operates but now we've got to the point where mark uh basso the founder and president usually just gives a little speech uh but all the the four on-site race shops that are on, on the property here within our gates at autobahn are invited and we usually have a couple other ones that a lot of the members use uh that did come in as well and he gives a little speech telling about you know all the all the people that are here for the day and you know uh telling them about, you know, that they can approach them and they can talk about all the offerings that they have uh, as far as cars go. Uh, and so then here's a little speech, and then it's off to just letting the people contact, you know, the individuals. They can come up here, got all the cars laid out here in the back, and, and they can come up to the individuals that own those shops and talk to them about all the things that they could do for them. And uh, um, a race shop is, so there's four separate on-site on buildings, and the race shops can build a car for you, get a car for you, help you purchase a car, do a pre-purchase inspection, maintain the car, store, store. the car. Uh, Even just, offer a valet-type service. Valet-type service. For a guy who does yeah. not want to do a thing, he can just call them up and say, hey, I'm going to be out the track today, 9 o'clock, and they'll have the car out there, gassed up, tire pressures checked, everything ready and waiting for him. He runs in their building, puts on his driver's suit, gets in the car, goes. At the end of the day, he can just hand it right back to them and, they take care of it. Doesn't have to do anything. Just washes his hands of it. If, if you want to go to that level, they offer that level of service. They could be trackside support too. Oftentimes, they'll be right along the track there with you in case something you know, right. And they help for the races. They they, they help with mm -hmm. all the races and yep. do whatever. So there's a lot of different things that they that they offer. Yep. The nice thing about those shops is that something that you know during the creation of Autobahn with all we got 350 acres here and 
had to develop all these buildings, all these systems, everything else to make this place a go. We didn't have the, the capital nor the time or, you know, have the effort to put into having those on-site race shops. So as the American way would have it, uh, there was a, a need for something and there was money to be made. And so four of our, our members uh, stepped up and, and built those on-site race shops. And so Wadabon has nothing to do have with those that. Those are all independent. The, the, the four shops that are here, are they have been here since the, since the very beginning? Or uh, close to the beginning? Early on, yeah, definitely early on, because all those are on the north side, which was the first phase of development. Um, you know, and Francesco runs Team Stradale, but uh, one of our members, Joe Graziano, founding members, actually owns the building. Um, and then Francesco's got that other building with another one of our founding members owns across the street there. Uh, but then, like George Weathered and, and uh, from... Eurosport, he was a founding member, so he's been there since the beginning. And then Fall Line is Mark Bowden, another founding member, and they've been there since the beginning. And then Jody came on after his last one was uh, Havoc Motorsports down there. That's another member that owns that building, and Jody runs his uh, shop out there, Havoc Motorsports. The nice thing about all four of these is they kind of don't really overlap a ton. I mean, they, they can all work on various cars, but they kind of all have their own specialty as well. You know, so you don't have a whole lot of overlap there amongst those guys. So they can all coexist and, and make money and serve the members. And it's a huge benefit for, for us here it, at the club. It is fantastic, yes. I work with a couple of them. They take care of our cars and everything. In addition to those four, the other important one in our family's life is the karting track mm -hmm. with yeah. uh, the mechanic that we have. Mario. Mario, mm -hmm. the yep. mechanic there. Uh, Fantastic mechanic, great guy he is. Yeah, he's gonna be running the show this year. He's uh, we had a little changeover. Uh, with Ben Ben left for another job, so uh, better job. So Mario's gonna be running the show down there this year. So he'll be he'll be still wrenching, you know, but he'll be uh, he'll be so he's still the manager. Gonna, please tell me he's not gonna be the mechanic. He's, hey, please tell me he's still going to be the mechanic. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. he do that because he's, he's such a good. We've mechanic, got some other, hope. so oh, he's yeah. gonna run the whole. Operation, yes, he's going to be running the operation this year. We've got a couple other guys. We've got a guy that would come in some last year and the year before for a little bit here and there named Brett. Uh, he'll be coming back. And then we've gotten a couple resumes from a couple other different people because he's going to need some help because he's, he's going to be running the show down there. So he's going to need some help doing some wrenching. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so Mario's going to have his hands yeah, we full. Love, we love Mario. <laughs> he's, he's so patient with, with us teaching uh, me about the cards, teaching my son about the cards. Uh, that's great. Boy, yeah. he's going to have a lot to do. Yep, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. We'll get, we'll get some of the guys back, though, that are coming back from college and what have you that have been down there before. So that'll be nice to have those guys back. Nice to know you have people that you, you've seen before, faces you've seen before. It really helps. And when the season starts here um, in April, from April, since I'm a rally racer also, so I'm out here 12 months out of the year. Right. We're doing stuff all year round yep. the road courses start open up in april through the end of october the end of october and during that time how many total um how many total employees do you have we go up uh during season we go up to about 125 between full and part-time people so in the off season we go down to <coughs> about 20 to 25 is it difficult Maintaining since somewhat season. How many do you keep in the it's, off season? How many? About, there's about. I mean, including the part time there's, there's always somebody up at registration. That that registration uh, house there is 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 manned twenty four seven three sixty five. So uh, because anybody who has who's real estate here has got access to their building at any time. Uh, so there's a lot of you know part time you know 
people there uh, throughout the year. So on the off season, we go between twenty to twenty five people, and then you got to ramp up uh, to ramp up to one hundred and add another hundred to that. One hundred to that. Is that difficult to find those? It is, and it's becoming even more difficult uh, these days because we've got all these warehouses around here offering full time, year round employment uh, with benefits, and so. Since we're seven months out of the year for most of these people, it's becoming increasingly difficult. We've, we've had to do things this year, put things on websites and do job fairs and things like that this year just to get people. Last year was the first year that we finished um, the year with uh, people that were temporary. We had temporary services, guys working from temporary services here. That was the first time we've ever had that. Uh, yeah, but they, they did a great job. Yeah. Well, they, 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 did, they did a good job. So if you're... Anybody's interested in some work around some awesome cars in a wonderful environment, get a hold of you, and they absolutely and there might be some some openings. Oh yeah, some we're things. always hiring. Plenty of plenty of jobs to do out here. There's no doubt. So wow. So uh, as the season gets going, um, so you work your you work your around yes. and yes. six days a week. I might six days a week during the, during the season. <laughs> so you do take a couple of extra days Tennessee off season. in the in the off season. Five days a week. <laughs> there's always something to go, something going on here. People think that oh, you guys don't work during the off season, but there's always things to to be done. The fleet of cars that you usually see in front of the building here, the performance fleet, got to get contracts ready for that. Do you, do Talk, you take care of that too? Uh, no, the Mark, sales guys. Sales guys do that yeah, too. I, I get involved sometimes. So explain a little bit about the performance fleet because that's really unique, I think, and mm-hmm. really cool. And I know it's a highlight. For us, we always look for a different car to drive. So explain a little bit about that. Okay. Performance fleet, uh, when I first got here back in 2008, we had, the entire fleet was just BMWs. They, they had this relationship with BMW before I got here. So the entire fleet was BMWs only. They were the exclusive car for Autobahn. And then in 2008 is kind of when the economy hit the skids. And uh, BMW pulled back. Um, and so Mark Basso came up with the idea of how about we go to different manufacturers and ask them just for two cars a piece, um, whatever they can do, one, two, three. And so he did that. And so now we've got 10 different manufacturers participating in what we call our performance fleet. Some give us one car, some give us two cars, some three. Some like Lexus gives us five, including courtesy cars. Um, and what happens with these cars is. Uh, it's, it's experiential marketing for the, for the manufacturers. And most of these we get from the manufacturer at the regional level. We've got a couple of dealers that participate with us. We've got the McLaren of Chicago, which will give us a nice McLaren again this year. Fantastic. Um, yep. And we've got a couple of Porsche dealers. Uh, Napleton is, is, and Joe Rizzo have participated over the years. Not sure who's playing this year, uh, but we get Porsches from those two dealers. And then Continental, our founding members, the Weinbergers uh, from Continental Motors, uh, usually give us... Uh, sometimes a Ferrari, and then there's also Maseratis that they'll they'll give us uh, to be part of the fleet. And what this fleet is used for is, uh, first of all, for the members and their guests at lunchtime when all the corner workers come in from out on track, um, they we do a a what's called a lunchtime touring session. It's about a thirty minute session, and it is non helmeted, fifty to fifty five miles an hour behind a pace car, and this allows members to go out and check out all these nice performance cars out on the track so you're not doing it like a test drive at a dealership where you're you know behind 50 other people on ogden avenue bumper to bumper traffic <laughs> right. uh you actually right. get to experience the car as it's meant to be experienced on the track but again in a controlled environment 
Um, and those so members again, their guests just get to sign up, and they can sign up two uh, weeks in advance for those cars. And there's no cost for that lunchtime touring. Uh, and it's available. You can members can have about three cars a piece, is what we kind of cap it off at, so that everybody can enjoy those cars. And that's six days a week, uh, Tuesday through Sunday, that those sessions are available. Um, in addition to that, we use those cars for our uh, corporate programs, corporate entertainment programs. We've got a half day program called the Autobahn Experience, which allows you to get out on track and helmeted at speed sessions in a controlled environment behind a pace, behind a an instructor car. Um, half of the group does that. The other half does an autocross, which is the cone course, again, in these, these cars, these performance fleet cars. Uh, halfway through the program, the people that are on track come and do the autocross. The autocross guys come and get out on the track. And then at the end, our professional instructors give rides in those cars, and they can show you what they can really do. So you think you're doing good out there until you get behind the wheel <laughs> with one of the instructors, and then you get to see that, hey, these guys really know something. <laughs> and as they're the ladies' days. Ladies', ladies days, days as well, yep. Ladies', ladies days, days, we do. My try wife to have, loves ladies' yeah. days. She did one last year, and I don't think she's going to miss any this year. Yeah, yeah we try to have one of those every month. Uh, and the nominal cost for the members get more worth of food than you than you pay for the uh, the actual day. It's designed to get the ladies interested in the club, those who aren't, you know, racing already. We do have some lady racers as well, but those casual, you know, ladies that don't get out there on the track that much, it's kind of, the day's kind of designed to make them more comfortable out here and do some defensive driving drills out of the skid pad uh, on those days. They also do a karting session, and then we have their own run group, so they're not in the run group of the the crazy guys and a run there. group is a set time a 20 minute session on the track um where they can go much faster helmeted you're going going a lot faster At speed yep yep and yeah. so, so we try to keep them in their own let them have their own run group so they're not intimidated by the guys dive bombing them in corners or anything <laughs> like that because as we know boys will be boys so <laughs> so uh, that yeah the performance fleet is great we take advantage of that i mean last year we drove the mclaren we drove the Ferrari, um, the NSX. I think the NSX was yep. here for a little while, the brand new NSX. Mm -hmm. So, in addition to some very cool, oh, the LC500. We really yep. like the LC500, yeah. which is the, it's the new Lexus, that really cool Lexus. Mm -hmm. um, we really enjoy that. So, I, I about every weekend that we come here with the family, we always do that. If we have guests, we all 100% do it because it's a chance for the guests to actually, because we can put them right in a car. They might get a ride with me or get a ride with my wife in a session, you know, at speeds, but now they can get on the track and actually do the driving, um, lead follow driving. But it is, a, it is a lot of fun. We really enjoy that. Yeah. For some people, it's, you know, they've never been on a track before. That's enough for some people. And I mean, you can it's get exciting. Yeah. Not, not just to mention that, but you can also take your own car out for yes. the noon hour stuff. So if you have a car that, you know, an older car that, or any car that mm -hmm. you might want to get out to, you don't want to hot lap it, but you could get out and drive your Model A out on the sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that it runs. It'll go out there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, look, and when will the announcement for the this? They the, come in. They kind of come in periodically. I mean, we're going to get most of the same players as last year back, but uh, the cars kind of dribble in from now. We're actually going to pick up a couple tonight on the way home from Lexus. Um, and then I think next week we get a couple of minis. Mini participated last year as oh, well. That's right. so the I didn't are, get to drive the mini last yeah, year. So yeah, the minis are coming back. Uh, there's going to be two of them. Um, so then we're going to pick those up uh, next week. So these kind of dribble in, uh, you know, hopefully get those all in by at least, hopefully, beginning of May or so. Because 
Ron's booking some events, and we need some of those cars for those <laughs> events. So <laughs> got to make sure we have those cars available. Plus for the members as well, you know, for the, for the touring sessions. So, so um, in the time you've been here, what's the biggest change you think over the last 10 years? I think kind of just the the maturation of the, the business as a whole. I mean, it started off when I first got here. It was kind of almost like a, a family business because two, two of the owners said their wives were working here. One of them, you know, had my job as controller, so that's why she was looking kind of when I came here that Sunday. Uh, she's kind of looking for a replacement because they're looking to move the business kind of, you know, to the next level, so to speak. Um, and so that was, I think that's been the biggest change, just the watching everybody, even, you know, all the managers in the different departments kind of grow up. It's It's been, you know, it's been quite a fun thing to watch because I mean, people genuinely, the, the managers that have been here, been here for quite some time. I, you know, I think 10 years, like I said, I've been 10 years Peggy, you know, the, the chef has been here longer than that. Yeah, Mike fantastic longer chef. Than I can't that. wait yeah. to, to talk to Peggy, who's the chef. She's fantastic. Unbelievable, really. Yep. Unbelievable. And I'm a food critic, yep. and it's just unbelievable. Yep. And Mike Ritter, Mike Ritter track is manager. the track manager. We'll and visit with him soon. Also. Instructors Tom and Tony, you know, the chief instructor, Tony Kester, has been here about 10 years. So it's, you know, everybody's kind of been here, you know, this whole time that, that I've been here. It's, it's just been neat to see how everybody's kind of grown up with the place and so it kind of used to be a little bit of the wild west when we first got here and so as the business grows up you kind of got to grow up and uh <laughs> put some rules in place and you know things in place and so it's gotten to that point now and and, and it's it's really been fun to see and you know the membership growing as well and and uh it's just been a it's been a fun 10 years and you see the the development you know the real estate development since in the last 10 years as well i mean these some of these garage mahals as we call them around the track have just become it's crazy, that crazy. Cool yeah, place. there's, uh, they're, they're a lot of fun. I would like to see more. You know, I'm very interested from a personal standpoint of trying to get some type of location here. So, I, I would like to see more of that. And I know there's only three lots. There's three lots for sale. This is uh, spring of eighteen. Right now, yeah, there's, there could be, but no, there's probably more. It's probably about five or six, and these are all resale. Though. Resales. Everything, everything on this property has been sold and, at least once. And and how many lots don't have buildings on them? Is that the ones that don't have buildings on them? Uh, no, there's there's about seventy two altogether of lots that, that were sold. Um, there's about six or so that are for resale right now, and there's probably about thirty two, thirty three that have been built on. So about half of so, them. So yeah, so about, about half. half have been built. All right. And talk talk me through a little bit of that of that process of building. So. Let's say I have a lot, and I do I work with your architect? Do you have an architect? Do we just go out and get our own architect? You get, you get your own architect. You have to have the everything cleared by uh, the ownership. Uh, you know, they've got, there's certain rules, certain things that you have to have to abide by as far as the structure of the building and the look of the building, etc. So no, but, I can't get four shipping containers and stack no, them together. No, sorry, not yet. We're <laughs> not to that point. And a yet. welding torch. To no, cut. no tiny houses yet either. I'm sorry. <laughs> so we do have condos available now, though. Yeah, condos, right? So you you have the lot, and you go find someone to design, some architect to yep. to, to design. design your building, and they're all pole barns. For the, most for the part, most part, for the most part, very okay. nice pole barns. Yes, very nice. Very nice pole barns, I should say. <laughs> so you go get that and you get your plans. And how big are, are all the lots the same, roughly the same size? Roughly the same size, yeah. Most and how how big a building can you put up, do you know? There are certain, I don't know off the top of my head, but there are certain setbacks. And then, and then there's height restrictions as well that I think the city placed on us. But we've got three 
three floor, you know, places yeah, three, out here. Places. So, um, so we get the plans, we turn them into you, turn them into, yep. And we say, you guys ownership. give us the thumbs up. Yep. And then, uh, what about, do we find our own builders? Do you guys have a certain? Hey, no, you can. I mean, there's one that's been helping us now since we started the condo building, uh, and he's helped us with the garages, the, the rental garages. The new rental well. garages yep. are coming up. Uh, so, I mean, he can be, he can be used, uh, he can be, you know, used for that. Uh, he does a great job. Um, and he's partners with another member out here, uh, that's out here. So, uh, you can use him or you can just find your own, you know, find your own builder. Find your own builder and then, and then move in. And here there's, um, you have property taxes. For property taxes. Then there's a, like a homeowners association type of deal. There's, there's an association fee, uh, every year kind of helps us with the, you know, pay for the roads and repaving and things like that. Uh, is that stuff. is it is that the homeowner association fee you might say um is that a fix per lot is it that, is it's fixed for first how much, of all how much is that uh for the uh for the buildings that are built on in other than phase four it's like twenty seven hundred dollars for the ones that don't have buildings on them just the lots other than phase four um it's like in the neighborhood of like seventeen hundred uh something like that um and then there's different fees for phase four because they are on city water and sewer. Uh, and so, so the other lot, the other lots that are on the well septic, we have fees built in for the and the electricity and the upkeep of the wells and septics, but phase four has got uh, city sewer and water. And it's the condos fee. Is, is that put in the condo fee or is that in addition to the condo fees for the condos? Or they, have uh, that same? We, they have a same a fee as well on an annual basis. In addition to you know the cost of the condo, there's a, so there's, there's a, a condo a, fee, there's a condo fee. And then there's, and then a, there's the homeowner's association yeah, fee. Basically. Yep. Okay. All right. That's so that's how that works out. Yeah, we opened up the well, finished off the first uh, six unit condo building uh, in 2017. So all six units are up and operational, and people in them. Uh, the nice thing about this place now is that you can actually stay overnight. There's some clubs, you know, that have restrictions on overnight stays or what have you, but you could really truly actually live out here if you wanted to. But it's kind of quiet out here <laughs> in the winter. It's turning into a little shining type of thing in the middle of the winter out here. But uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but you can. Yeah. Okay. So where do you see um, the club going to? I mean, 10 years from now, what do you see difference? Or I guess the first, the next big project, which I just found out about, is the new members clubhouse. Yeah, either we've got an architect uh, that's that we've hired to just take a look at the entire thing with fresh eyes and from a fresh perspective. Somebody who's not into motorsports, yes, the clubhouse. And and, but, but I mean, really, to look at the entire facility and and make recommendations if you know we do something to this building to expand upon it, this existing clubhouse, or if he recommends putting a new clubhouse in a different place. Um, just kind of look at everything. And he's been kind of around since like the fall of last year, just observing things and having discussions with members. We've got a, a building committee now mm -hmm. um, comprised of members to, to then, you know, also meet and, and come up with ideas and what have you. And so he's just kind of given it, you know, the look again from somebody who has no vested interest, any agenda, anything, take a look at how the place operates, see if he can uh, help us work better and and be more functional and you know more pleasing for the members build an atmosphere that's more pleasing for the members. so it could so. be in addition to this building or it could be a separate building correct we, we don't know the location could be no it could be anywhere could be that anywhere there's there. some open space and there's not a, a ton of space where you could put it but uh there, there are you know other spaces so. is that a five-year 
plan? Is that sooner than that? Or uh, how would you I would guys say look within five years. I would say within, definitely within the five-year time frame. Yep. So he's going to be coming, I think, soon with some recommendations. He's been meeting with members. He's been meeting with that building committee, meeting with the members committee. Uh, and so he's going to, I think, come fairly soon with some suggestions or ideas of what he's thinking of. And then I'll, ultimately, as everything does, comes down to money. <laughs> so we'll see. He could be wanting to do something really crazy, but, you know. Money dictates that, so I'll have to tamp that down if that, that, that comes up. But we'll see what happens. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It'll be, yeah, it'll be very interesting. Because that'll be a, a key component of, you know, how this place goes forward. Uh, but, you know, we've got only so much land for development. So, uh, you know, once those lots that are empty right now get built on, it'll fill the place up more. It'll really look different, I think, over the years. But as to the business plan, um, you know, continue to take on members because there's always members walking out the door. Uh, so every year we might bring in the 20. There could be, you know, 7 to 10 leaving as well at the same time. Um, so we're going to just continue to sell memberships because, as you know, as a member here, there's never a capacity issue out of the track because this isn't something that somebody does every day and some people not even every week. you got guys that, you know, travel with NASA or SECA and do races other places and throughout the country, et cetera. So not everybody's here, you know, all, all at once a lot. So uh, capacity is never an issue. And those new members of the lifeblood, because those initiation fees are used for capital improvements. Yeah, and, that's an interesting thing I just learned too. Yeah, so a new member comes in and pays their initiation fee, which is 2018, 40, 40,000. Correct. And has that, speaking of that, how, how much is that? So initially... Way back in the day when you got here, how much was it back in the? Well, I got here. I I think it was at the either thirty or thirty-five. So it really hadn't, so, hadn't so changed it stayed there tremendously. For quite some time. Yeah, yeah. So quite some. Yeah, for quite some time it stayed at that level. Uh, it might have even been thirty-five. Uh, but it, I I look at papers from you know, when some members joined a long time ago, and I think it started off at ten thousand, I think, or five or ten thousand dollars where it started. So it it gradually went up. But yeah, all those monies are, are squirreled away and kept in a you know separate area uh to be used for capital improvements for capital, so track paving track so they paving. only get used for track paving or new building or, or machine you know machinery, machinery or anything okay. we need to okay. keep the track up and keep the building and then the yearly dues which this year the yearly dues are fifty two fifty five thousand two hundred fifty dollars um, for, for each member correct um and those are those are the operation for the safety and yep for and everybody's everything salaries and to make the place go and, and what have you and and, and so that's a good question. My kids are young, but how soon can your kids stay on your? Is, how long do they? Till the stay age on? of twenty six, so, which is which is very generous. The golf clubs I used to work for and audit, the kids were off your your membership at the age of like eighteen, oh, know, okay. so, uh, or even some twenty one. But so this is very generous at twenty six, and we also have a nice junior program. So once they hit that twenty seven, uh, there's a nice junior program where between. You know, seventy-five to eighty-five percent of your dues go towards initiation fee, so it's and it's a lower dues amount than a regular member. So you're getting a really great deal. We're trying to keep the dads and the sons and or daughters racing together. So my son turns twenty-six, my daughter turns twenty-six. They want to join. They have paid the initiation fee. You get you get the junior program, and so, so you get it's just the yeah. There's just dues, and it's just dues for oh, that's for, fantastic for members, kids. It's just dues, and. Like I said, seventy-five between seventy-five and eighty-five percent of the dues they pay from twenty-seven to thirty-five, I think it is, go towards their initiation fee. So once they hit thirty-five, 
um, I think we make we think we give them two to three years to pay the balance off of that. But the majority of those dues they pay during those years go towards their initiation. Oh, that's fantastic! Pay. So it's a very oh, yeah, generous that's, program. Yeah, that's great. Again, it's designed to keep the families together out here. Yeah, so. and uh, the initial the initial um, dues the forty thousand is that due all at once? Do you accept? Uh, yes, uh, for for the for the regular members, it, it can be. We do accept two and three year payment plans. Okay, so we do that as well. So you can break that out just a little bit. Yep, a little flexible. Yep. Okay. Great. Um, well, I've learned a lot. This has been great. Um, how can people reach you? You can reach me at uh, um, email is Kevin K E V I N Rogers R O D G E R S at autobondcc.com. or my direct line is area code eight one five eight two three eight five seven five. All right. Well, fantastic. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you. And we'll hear from you soon again, I'm sure. Yep. Very good. Thanks. Okay. In the driver's seat this week, we're going to talk a little bit about touring, lunchtime touring. So every day of the track that's open, Tuesday through Sunday, there is lunchtime touring. There is a fleet of cars that are available to the members and their guests. The cars are provided by manufacturers and dealers to allow the club to to use, obviously, for advertising and for more people to get to know the cars. I listed the cars uh, earlier, just as I was leaving the club today. Two more showed up. One is a Porsche Cayman, and the other one is a Porsche Macan. So those will be added to the list also. I usually go up on Tuesdays. That's the day that I spend at the track. I drop my kids off at school. I live about an hour and a half south, outside of Bloomington, Illinois. And so I make it up there usually for about 9.30 for the first C group gets underway at 9.55 generally. So I usually hit that, have a little lunch, and I try to get in a touring car. There are several reasons why I do that. One that I think is very interesting is you can have one of the coaches there, either uh, Tom Bagley, Tony Kester, or Brian Lift, ride around with you at a little slower speeds so that you can learn the race lines. I find that that's very helpful to do it a little slower. The cars, the windows are up. You can hear if it's too hot, we can have the air conditioning on. So it's it's a lot better to communicate with the instructor and driver. The other reason I think it's really cool to see all these brand new cars and you can have an idea of what they are like. I have made some decisions based on what I like about certain cars and other cars for future car purchases in my family. I think that that's really neat. I also found out today doing a little research into who actually drives the pace car. So noon hour touring is not hot laps. Hot laps meaning that we're going to go out there and go as fast as we can. They bring the corner workers in for lunch. And when they do that, then they open up the track for the noon hour touring. The driver of the pace car is actually a corner worker who has signed up to drive the pace car. I ask, is that a coveted position to sign up for? And the answer I got was, if you like cars, it's a nice way to get out on the track and to break up your day. They go through special training. They understand the normal race line and also the rain line. So sometimes when it's raining, you can go out there and you could learn the rain line from the pace car driver. So the pace car driver generally carries the line of the track and it can be a lot of fun. Uh, It can be a lot of fun. I find 
that it's funner if everybody works together and we stay kind of close. There is a speed limit when you go out on the track for noon hour touring. You're not required a helmet. And you can have passengers. So a lot of times my kids will jump in the back seat when we head out there. Again, when I have a guest and when I bring a guest up, it's a nice time if I don't have an instructor, but I can have the guest actually drive the car and I can show them a little bit of the line that I'm using going around the racetrack. Signups this year are a little bit different for the cars. And so right now, let's talk to Terry Weber on the Audubon Country Club podcast. Okay, today we're in Terry Weber's office in the clubhouse here at the Audubon Country Club, and we're going to talk a little bit about noon hour touring. There's a few changes this year. Well, Terry, thanks for being here again. You're welcome. Thank you. The sign-up this year, the preferred method is... To go to the email address of lunchtime touring lunchtime touring at audubonCC.com. Okay, say that one more time. Lunchtime touring at audubonCC.com. That's the preferred method to sign up if you're not here. Yes. <clears throat> and once, if you, but if you are in the club, you can just come back to the right, office come here. Come back to the office and we've got the sign up sheet here. The sign up sheet here. And yeah. you can sign up for three cars per day. Two cars. Two right cars. Now. Until we get more. Okay, two cars per day per right. member. Right. So if you have a guest coming out, you and your guest could have a car. Yes. yes. And how far in advance can we sign up? Two weeks. Two weeks in two advance? Two weeks in advance, yes. That's when the schedule comes out. So you'll okay. either get an email from Jim Novotny, Karen, Chris, Kevin Rogers, or myself. We're part of the lunchtime touring email list. Okay. Uh, is any other changes or anything this year? That's about that covers this. still still that if you're not you know you need to be here like five minutes before to sign up and get your car, and um, if you're not going to be here, please call us and let us know so that we can go ahead and take your name off and maybe there's somebody else in the clubhouse who would like to to have a have that car. So okay, uh, what's your phone number? It's eight one five eight two three eight five nine five. Okay, so they can call to do to change that. The so five, if you're five minutes late though, you forfeit your car and somebody else can get yes. the pleasure of driving that one. Yes, correct? yes, yes, okay. yes. We definitely need. If you're going to be late, call us. And then, then you can, can work around right, it, and make sure you get we can it. keep the car for, for you. For some reason, we are always running behind when we come up here well, we, we rush up here we rush around <laughs> we rush on the track you don't know what's what you're gonna run into so, the traffic's been beautiful lately though uh and then when you come in just come back to the office here to the left of the clubhouse dining area yeah well we'll do the sign up in the little coffee nook area okay so just come there and we'll have the paperwork, and then the paperwork all there, there fill it out and get the key yes. and everything else yes okay great yes. thanks again thank you well, this is 1st of May, and the car options for lunchtime touring are the Audi SS, the Audi TT, the BMW M3, the Lexus GSF, which is over 500 horsepower. I find that car is very nice. The LC500, that's the Lexus LC500, the new concept car that still looks like a concept car, but it's a reality car, uh, Lexus LX. Probably the f most popular is the McLaren 570 GT. Their second most popular, it looks like, is the Mercedes E63. 
four-door supercar. That thing is amazing. The Mercedes GT Roadster. The Mini Cooper red one, and there's a Mini Cooper white one. Uh, each one of those are available for you and your guests, members and their guests, to come out for lunchtime touring. Well, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. The car today that we opened up the show with is a 1974 Corvette. This one happens to be white. It was the only year that had a split tail. So if you look back at uh, the Corvettes coming up to that, this was a two-piece tail on this car. 350 cubic inch uh, engine, producing 195 horsepower. The car, brand new, was around $6,000. So they have well more than doubled in its uh, retail price now. It's an interesting car. I um, got to enjoy driving that car in a 75 Porsche 911. And it's quite a difference in how the, the Americans took the direction for the sports car they were building and also the Germans. I find that it's an interesting comparison. The Cor Corvette being longer, sleeker. C3 is how Corvette guys talk about those cars, since it was the third model of the Corvettes. It was, I would say, a wider wheelbase. doesn't corner near as well as the Porsche, but it's a little bit faster. It, it does get it down and, and obviously a little bit faster off the line, which I find is interesting because now it's completely switched where in 2018 a Porsche is a faster off the line drag racing car and the new Corvettes might be a little bit faster around a racetrack. Well that was an opening car, the opening car note for this week's episode. I'm working on increasing the quality of the audio for the podcast. I know in the past I have not been very happy with it. I have a really nice microphone but I'm not sure if I had it set right. So I hope this podcast sounded a little bit better. And as the season goes on, we might start going every, um, every week with the podcast. I do have several interviews already completed and ready to go. Well, that's it for this week's podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you around the track. You've been listening to Autobahn Country Club Podcast, where your host, club member John Graybill, opens the doors to America's premier auto sports club. Join us next time for Autobahn Country Club Podcast.